The reading from today is the very beginning of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. This is kind of at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Um, let's ask ourselves the question again that we kind of asked at the beginning of Ordinary Time. What is God doing? What's, what's God about in the world? Please remember that the work of God right now is to turn you more and more into Jesus. So God's love towards you is to transform you more and more until you're just Jesus. He does that. God the Father does that by loving you. It's an interesting idea. God never withholds his love. He never says, I need you to be better and then I'll love you. No, no, no. It's his love that actually transforms you. So God is loving you. And the love that he gives you actually makes you more and more like his son. The love he gives you is also infinite. It's a person and it has a name and its name is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's job, his total job in your life is to be the love of the Father and to form you, to transform you into Jesus. So here at the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount and throughout the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus is inviting us into a new way of living. He's inviting us to be Christians. But that doesn't just mean like, oh, you belong to this religion called Christianity. No, it's much deeper than that and in some ways much simpler than that. What does it mean to be Christian? It means to be united to Jesus Christ. So Jesus is inviting us into his own way of living. He's saying, would you allow the Father to make you like me, to transform you, to shape you, so that you and I are the same? And even deeper than that, in some ways, he wants not just for you to be like him, but he wants to live in you. That you and him would just be one person. That you would be united. And that he would live his life in you. And so Jesus begins the Sermon of the Mount uh, in displaying for us what it means to live like him. And he says that that life is a life of true blessedness. It's called the Beatitudes. Beatitude, it can mean a couple different things. It means, it means to be blessed. It also means to be happy. So Jesus is, is presenting for us a, a, a road map for life, a model for life that brings true happiness. And then you hear the list of the things. And to be honest, at first glance, we're kind of like, ooh, Right? Because there is a very different message that we're getting all the time. And that's kind of the message of the world. When we talk about the world, we're not saying that creation's bad or that people are bad or anything like that. But there's a spirit of the world, which is a spirit that doesn't see God and doesn't have space for God. And the spirit of the world wants to lead you in a different direction. And the spirit of the world says, you'll be happy if you have enough money, if you have enough power, if you have enough honor, if people really love you, if you accomplish things. And Jesus says, no. No, and, and those things aren't bad, but they won't give you true, deep happiness. They won't give you the joy that your heart's looking for. I, as a priest, there's all these things as a priest that make me happy that I didn't think would. Like, literally, sometimes I get called to the hospital in the middle of the night, and I'm not like, wow, what an honor, right? Like, I don't, I don't pop out of bed and be like, yes, thank you, gosh, thank you. No, I'm like, ugh. You know, and I'm getting dressed. Ugh, come on, you know. You've got to be kidding me. Can't get sick in the afternoon like a decent human being, right? No, so I get dressed, and I go, and I'm bleary-eyed, and I do my thing at the hospital. And I tell you, it's always, when I leave, it's always like, gosh, I feel so grateful to be a priest. And it's like, you know what? I didn't think that that would be the thing that would fill me with, like, this sense of fulfillment and joy. To be very, very clear, call me when you go to the hospital, okay? Like, don't... I, I want to come, so don't, don't be like, oh, don't bother Father, you know? He needs his beauty rest. I don't want to hear about him in the homily next week. No, so I want to come. But you know what I mean? There's things in your life that you're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. 
and then you do it and you're like, oh wow, yeah, there's a, there's a peace and a joy that that brings that I didn't expect. And the things that I kind of want to make me happy, which is, you know, just Netflix and popcorn, and scotch maybe, and you know, whatever else, like, they do, they kind of work for a little bit, but in the end, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's not gonna, it's not what my heart's looking for. So Jesus is to saying to each, to each of us, like, I know what your heart's looking for. And some of it's going to sound surprising, but I promise you, if you allow this to be transformed in and through you, like, you will be blessed, you will be happy. And so he begins this list. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means to be detached. It doesn't necessarily mean to be destitute, to have nothing, but it means you're not owned by your stuff. There's various ways in which it's, it's, it's very easy and almost a default that your stuff owns you. Like the more you buy, the more you're bought. And when you own a lot of stuff, it's like you're responsible and you have to work for it and you're scared of losing it. And Jesus says, no, that just brings in anxiety. You want to be poor in spirit, which means, sure, you have stuff, but if it goes away, that's okay. Like your, 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 your happiness isn't tied up in it. So we can ask this question of like, yeah, what do I feel really bound up in? Like, do I even have just my stuff? Do I look for the things of the world? Do I look for my stuff to make me happy? My possessions, my home, my car, my enjoyments, my entertainments. Do I look for the things of the world to actually satisfy me? And Jesus says, no, you want to be poor in that. And again, not meaning that you don't have any, but it's like you're detached from it because it's not going to satisfy you. So the poor in spirit know, oh, only God will satisfy me. And these things can't. And again, it's fine to have things. But it's not fine to look for them to what makes us happy. He said, blessed are those who mourn. He literally says, like, happy are those who are sad. Which seems just so strange. But there's something about sadness that's appropriate to a world that's broken. Like, the world's broken. Amen? Yeah, that should make you sad. To really kind of mourn and grieve over the brokenness of things is also to want more, to have an idea of, of, of beauty and goodness and to desire, to desire that. Blessed are those who, who mourn. Even in your life, there's people in your life that, yeah, that are hurting, and sometimes there's a temptation to judge them and be like, well, they're not doing this right. That feels strong. But I think there's an invitation to just be sad for them. Just to be sad. Jesus says, yeah, that's, that's what my heart is like. I, I grieve and I mourn over the brokenness of things. Of the brokenness of your life is the place that you've been hurt. Jesus, like, he's sad about that. That's part of his love. He mourns. Blessed are the meek. What does it mean to be meek? Meekness is in some sense an absence of, of the passions, especially anger. There's a way in which these Beatitudes, they kind of build. We're building towards something. It begins with detaching from the world. It begins with seeing the world with this kind of sorrow. It continues with being meek. When we own stuff and we want to get all the stuff, it, we get angry and defensive. Right? When I'm attached to honor or money or power, I'm threatened by anything that tries to take that away and I get angry. Jesus says when you become detached, when you become poor in spirit, then you can become meek. Meekness is a sort of gentleness of heart. It's a, it's a gentleness, a sweetness, almost a peacefulness. And again, as we're, as we're going, Jesus is like, ah, oh, gosh, I want good things for you. I want good things for your heart. So blessed are the meek. And he goes on, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
That means, gosh, you're starting to see God and his beauty, and you want God to be in all the stuff. Like, you want God to be here and his kingdom to come. So anything that it's not his kingdom and it's not his will, yeah, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I want, I want God, and I want his law and his love and his will to reign here. It also means, to thirst for righteousness means, like, I want what's best for everybody. What is justice? That's rendering to another person their due, what's due to them. So in our lives and our relationships, to hunger and thirst for righteousness is like, yeah, I want to love the people in my life. I want them to get what they deserve. For parents, that means like, I want to be a good parent. For spouses, that means like, I really want to be a good spouse to my spouse. To hunger and to thirst for that. So Jesus says, yeah, blessed. Blessed are you if you want more than there is. Blessed are you if you hunger and thirst. Because what will happen? What's the reward of hungering and thirsting? He says, you will be satisfied. I promise you. Sometimes our desires feel too big. They feel kind of scary. And they feel like, no, 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 I, I got to want less. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. No, blessed are you. Happy are you if you really want big things, if you want the world, because God wants to give you everything. He will satisfy you. Your desires are not too big. They're always too little. But as we're becoming more and more like Jesus, as the Holy Spirit's transforming us, poverty and spirit, mourning, meekness, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, we don't just want what's just. We want even more. That's what God's like. God doesn't want to just give you what you deserve. No, he wants to give you more. What does that mean? It's what we call mercy. Mercy isn't giving somebody what they deserve. It's giving something that they don't deserve. The cross is the height of mercy. Jesus died for you and me, not because we deserve it. No, that's just a gift. That's just mercy. Jesus says, yeah, blessed are you if you're merciful. Because you will be shown mercy. That's a promise. If you want to be forgiven at the end of your life, you have to forgive other people. And Jesus wants that for you. He wants to, you to know like the freedom of forgiving, of letting go. There's this, there's this illusion that if we hold on to our resentments, we'll be powerful and strong and safe. But our resentments and our unforgiveness, it just, it's just poison. It just wrecks us. It makes us so miserable. And as we kind of let go of these things, Jesus is like, oh, you'll just, it'll be great. You'll be so blessed if you show mercy. And you yourself will receive mercy. So after we become detached from the things of the world, after we enter into this dynamic of love and mercy towards God and towards one another, we become pure. Jesus wants to purify us, to empty us out of everything that's like the world, everything that kind of globs us up. He wants us to be pure. Uh, and when you're pure, there's a sort of emptiness of heart that says, I just want God. And I don't want anything less than God. And I don't want to settle for anything less than God. And Jesus says, blessed are the pure of heart because they will see God. To see God is the greatest possible joy. Heaven is sometimes called the beatific vision or the blessed vision. What is heaven? It's just getting to see God. And we get to see God in as much as we we allow our hearts to be kind of stripped of everything that's not God and we say, God, I just want you. We become purified And that opens us with this capacity to actually see him. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. And when we see God and we fall in love with God, we are always filled with God. To know God and to be filled with God are the same thing. To actually know him means we enter into his life, we're transformed by him. We can have information knowledge of God, but that's not knowledge of God like the Bible talks about. Right? You could read the catechism. And in some ways, know God, and in another way, not know him at all. 
right? I mean, you could read a biography of, of someone in the world, and in your brain you know them, but relationally you don't know them at all. Right, so God doesn't want to just give you information about him. He wants like, you to receive him, to receive his presence. And when you receive his presence in seeing him, in the vision of God, what happens? There's a fountain of peace in the world. There's something about coming to know God that makes you a peaceful person. And you become a peacemaker. God's peace flows through you. That's why he says, blessed are the called children of God. How do you know if you're God's child? If, if peace moves through, through you. So knowing God and receiving him and his presence, it brings peace. And again, not just for you. He doesn't say blessed are the peaceful people. No, the peacemakers. It's like peace flows out of you. Gosh, I want to bring peace to the world. Like, the world could use some peace. Amen? Like, what a gift to be a person that actually brings peace. That when a person draws close to you, they feel more peaceful afterwards. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called children of God. And gosh, how, how proud the Father is of his children. He's proud of you always. That's a fact. Um, but yeah, he wants us to enter into the beauty. And then this last beatitude sounds just so strange. Jesus is saying, blessed, happy is this person. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Blessed are you when they insult you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. There's a way in which, in this moment, Jesus is starting to speak already of the cross. Remember, the Beatitudes are, are this invitation to be drawn into the life of Jesus and to let him live his life in us. This is Jesus. Jesus is poor in spirit. Jesus mourns. Jesus is meek. Jesus hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Jesus is so merciful. Jesus is clean of heart. His heart towards you is so pure, so clean. He's a peacemaker. And in that, and in that love, what, there's just this desire to just totally die out of love for you, to lay down his life. We find the greatest joy in our lives in dying and actually laying down our lives for God and for others. That's your dignity, is you're made to be like Jesus Christ. You're made to live his life and for his, him to live his life in you. Which means the thing that actually brings us the most joy, and again, this sounds bonkers, but, but we trust that it's true, is to die to self and to live for others. Jesus on the cross actually experienced joy. Because why? Not because he loved the pain or anything like that. It wasn't masochistic. Masochistic. No, he, he, he rejoiced on the cross because you were being saved. He rejoiced on the cross because it, it was for your good. There was joy because of salvation. There was also this joy that he was doing the Father's will. Even though the Father's will in that moment felt just terrible to him. It was the cross. It was agony. But no, he still had joy because he trusted the Father. So when we are transformed into Jesus, we find that joy comes from laying down our lives. And again, it's just totally the opposite of the world. Amen? All of this. Because the world is like, get your stuff and be happy, right? And get, get strong and be loud and make sure people see you and like try to be content with everything and, and make sure you get what you deserve from other people and yada, yada, yada. And 
Jesus is like, no, none of that, none of that actually works. Unless, unless you lose your life, you'll never find it. Unless you allow me to live my life in you, yeah, you'll never be happy. I want happiness for you. I want joy. I want fulfillment. And in some ways, it's the world getting turned on its head. If the world is broken and sinful, what are we doing asking the world how to live our lives? There must be a way in which Jesus has to turn everything upside down for the kingdom of God to come. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be given to you. You don't have to worry about anything else. Seek God, seek the kingdom, seek love, seek holiness, and you'll get everything else. You'll be so blessed. You'll be so filled with joy. One last word. It sounds like these things lead to death, and they do. It sounds like they lead to the cross, and they do. What's really important to remember? Oh, the cross is our victory. It's our hope, and it's not the end. We depict Jesus on the cross here, but he's not on the cross anymore. No, he is alive in glory. He is victorious over sin and death, and he is pouring out an infinite ocean of joy and love and mercy to all of us. Jesus wants to bring us life. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be happy. I'd like you to pause and pray and just kind of wrestle with this question and maybe talk to Jesus about it. Like, Jesus, do I believe that you actually want me to be happy and that you have the plan for my life that will fulfill me? Do I believe you? Do I trust you that you hold in your hands and in your life and in your love for me the key to infinite happiness and joy? Because I do want that. And I want to trust you. So maybe you can tell him, like, yeah, Jesus, I trust you and I want it. Like, transform me to be like you. Maybe you can say, like, Jesus, I don't know. Like, this feels scary. That's okay. Maybe you're just like, no. No, I have a different plan and I want you to help me with my plan. That's okay. You can say that. Like, you can be honest. But let's wrestle with that question. Jesus, do I truly believe that you actually want me to be happy and that you have both the plan and the power to fulfill uh, my life and to fill me with your joy and your love to give me everything I've ever desired.